Wow. Today we're talking about the world of Magic Beasts, or that is to say, fans of World of Warcraft. and welcome back to the podcast that brings the fans eye view to you it is fanthropological for another week here and today for the horde or for the alliance or yeah for the horde we're going to be talking about fans of world of warcraft and here with me to do that are my two best friends nick t uh i'm a level 10 or shaman i'm out of my element this week how are you out of your (laughs) element this is like exactly applicable (laughs) Oh, I'm Mr. T and I'm a night elf mohawk. There we go. Hey, there you go. And Nixie. Hello, I'll be playing the role of uh, Leroy Jenkins, according to my notes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we got we got Owen Wilson. We got Leroy Jenkins. I think we can make a movie out of this, guys. I'll just. I'll just... <laughs> All right, I'll just count them off as we go. Yeah, we just need Duncan Jones to direct, and then we're set. Duncan Jones, yeah. what, what, I don't, I'm not familiar. Well, he directed the WoW movie. But oh, oh, I see. Also, David Bowie's son. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yep. Okay, so I'm, I'm not a big David Bowie fan, so I didn't know he had a son. <laughs> All right, well, this week, as G had mentioned, we are talking about World of Warcraft. And as usual, I have some fandom facts to kind of kick us off before we eat some crow or other things. I don't know what they eat in World of Warcraft. I've heard that they don't eat skeletons, they eat bread. Mm. Mm. I mean, in China, at least. Makes sense. Like, oh, yeah. Wait, do people eat skeletons on, <laughs> in WoW? Possibly. I mean, I did some research for this episode, but that did not come up. Oh, no, sorry. I guess I'll, I'll tip my hat, or my invisible hat, or whatever, uh, a little bit early. <laughs> did you know that as some of the censorship measures in China, one of the things they did was replace a lot of the instances of, like, I wouldn't say particularly gory elements but any elements of like skeletons or skulls with other elements so for example any instance of a skull was replaced with a bag Hmm. that was the one that made me scratch my head because (laughs) like it's not like equivalent yeah i read replaced with a bag before i saw the image i pictured a person with a bag over their head (laughs) not a picture of a backpack oh I, I which is which is what it was. I pictured like a shopping bag, like a plastic grocery bag, just totally out of place, <laughs> really obvious. It's like a haversack where a head should be. Hmm. Weird. Uh, other yeah. cases were things like uh, there were like bones or piles of like meat were replaced with bread. Sure. All right. Yeah. Things you find in a dungeon. Sure. Whatever, man. <laughs> but <laughs> tipped my hat too early and got at a got a little bit out of line there. Uh, this week we we're talking about. World of Warcraft, and you may not know its origins, that's okay, because I have a very short introduction to it this week. World of Warcraft is a popular, massively multiplayer online role-playing RPG, role-playing game, rather. That's a really long thing, so we just say Momorpiga, <laughs> MMORPG, whatever. Uh, created by Blizzard Entertainment, which is also known for games like StarCraft and Warcraft itself, which are both um, real-time strategy games. And it is set in the already existing Warcraft universe. It was released in 2004, which at this point makes it 13 years old in November, I think. Uh, and the player takes on the role of a member of either the Horde or the Alliance as one of the many multitudes of races and classes. In China, it is known as World of Magic Beasts. To talk about when it was most active, interest in World of Warcraft has been on the decline. That's not super surprising. Uh, with the most interest taking place between November 2004, when it launched, and September of 2011, with a peak period between about January 2007 and January 2009. Oh, it probably coincides with one of the expansions, but that's two years. Well, I mean, that's when search interest was, like, between 80 and 100%. So, like, that was when people were searching for World of Warcraft the most. Okay, yeah. It could just be people aren't searching for World of Warcraft because they already have it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little hard to say. Uh, in terms of the size of the fandom, as of 2014, according to an article on Engadget, uh, and I believe this is backed up by official data from Blizzard, there were over 100 million World of Warcraft accounts. Hmm. A more accurate number might be the number of active subscriptions, which as of 2010 was uh, peaking at 12 million, wow. and in October of 2015 was about 5.5 million. 
The subreddit for WoW has about 400,000 subscribers. All right. So there's still many, 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 many people consuming World of Warcraft as a game, as a fandom. Yeah. Around the world, would you guess which country World of Warcraft is most played in, or which has the most number of players, I should say? (laughs) This one mom has this trick that you'll hate. Starts with C, ends with A. (laughs) Canada. Probably Canada. Probably yep. Canada. Yep, it's it's Canada mm-hmm. with over 100 bajillion players. It is Canada. Nope. <laughs> it is not surprisingly China. The data that I got was from uh, Wow Wiki on uh, Wikia. China and the Asian realms, which I assume are the Asian servers, has 3.2 million players, followed closely by United States and Canada with 3 million players. United Kingdom, 1 million. South Korea, 800,000. Germany, 600,000. Taiwan, 350,000. France, 200,000. Russia, 150,000. Australia, 120,000. Latin America, 100,000. Spain, 80,000. And then everybody else, like everybody else that doesn't fit into a particular region, uh, 800,000. So China is Hmm. big. It's as big as United States and Canada and three times larger United than the United Kingdom's players and the sum of many other countries' worth yeah. of players. Wowzers. It is quite ridiculous. <laughs> In terms of fan activity, there are over 200,000 results for World of Warcraft on DeviantArt. An archive of our own has only 2,000 fanfics related to World of Warcraft. I mean, if you're in World of Warcraft, just do it. <laughs> I guess so, right? You can create the fanfic. Yeah. Yeah, you just act it out. In like a one-to-one of what the thing actually is. Mm-hmm. Oh, like just take the characters and do things. Like text is low correspondence to a show or a video game. But doing things in the video game is a perfect correspondence. Thank you, Mr. Orr. <laughs> <laughs> perfect correspondence? That's our, our media studies class. Yeah. Learn about high correspondence and low correspondence. I'm going to have more questions after the show, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was all that I managed to gather for Fandom Facts. There was, of course, my favorite segment, Everyone Eats Crow. Hooray. Crow eaten time. (laughs) Crow eaten time. By that, I mean famous last words, where we revisit some things we guessed or said about this week's fandom from last week. I don't know who wants to eat crow first. (laughs) (laughs) I will. Okay. Okay, read mine. Sure. I abbreviated what you said a little bit, but yep. the gist of it was World of Warcraft is popular in China for the same reason that China likes Windows XP so much. Statement. End of statement. Nope. Oh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's completely unrelated. <laughs> nothing to do with each other. <laughs> I don't know how much I can elaborate on it. They're not, they're not related. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess uh, Windows XP just doesn't have enough magical beasts. It's like 2016 or 2017, Blizzard finally pulled their XP support out of China. Ooh. Oh, yeah. okay. So can't be that significant. I mean, fantastic beasts and where to find them? Nope. <laughs> Not on XP. <laughs> I'll go next because I feel like I can't avoid that I said something really stupid. <laughs> I don't think I ever formed a cohesive sentence. But I did write down the sentiment that I was trying to go for. I wrote down, World of Warcraft is so popular in China because Silk Road, uh, a Korean game, isn't popular because it's a Korean game and there's like a racism thing going on. That was both a phenomenally stupid thing to say and (laughs) wrong in so many ways. While there is a Korean game called Silk Road, what Mm -hmm. I was thinking about was a different game called Ion, which, if you look it up, is well known for its ridiculous character creation process for creating photorealistic characters. Wow. Like, they're absolutely gorgeous. So I was wrong about that. I wasn't even thinking about the right game. And I also found out that in China, when the game was released, over one million players logged in within the first four days of the release of the game. Hmm. So what do I know? It's not like I have a podcast where I talk about people and know about things. Nope. Maybe Z will be the one of us who does not have to eat their famous last words. Oh, that's true. Which is an unusual sentence to say, but... Yeah. His famous last words were, World of Warcraft is primarily popular in China because so many internet cafes. Mm -hmm. 
I guess I should have wrote down because there are so many, but that's not what I wrote down. <laughs> nope. Nope. Ding, 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 you got it right ding, because ding, so ding, many. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> I was. I was. Maybe not primarily, but yeah, ever since the 1990s, there had been a, in China, uh, there had been an internet cafe boom. And that, of course, sparked popularity of uh, a game called simply Warcraft, <laughs> the old RTS. Um, and then in 2002, internet speed was boosted in China. I didn't get into the reasons why, but apparently that year marked a year when internet speeds in China went up, 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 up by 2002 when the internet speeds were booming and internet cafes were, I'm going to exaggerate and say, on every street corner. You know it. Yeah. China was ready to get that Warcraft in there for 2000, or World of Warcraft, I should say, for uh, 2005, delayed by a year because of localizations. And because of that? Mm-hmm. I heard a majority on internet cafes. Wow subscriptions were paid by the hour for approximately six cents an hour. Okay. I saw a mention of that on the Reddits that like a post from a year or two ago had mentioned something about the Chinese subscriptions changing from being time based to month based, like the rest like mm-hmm. the rest of the world. But I didn't realize right. that that was a thing that like the internet cafes themselves sold the subscriptions. Yeah. I have a quote if that helps, G. Yeah. So the quote that I have is from an Engadget article called Wow Archivist, Wow in China, and Uncensored History, which is two parts, which was confusing, but that's okay. Uh, and it goes, unlike the West, most games in China play in internet cafes and MMO subscriptions are almost always handled on an hourly basis. At launch, Wow mm-hmm. authorization keys cost 31 and game time cards were 0.451 per hour. That converts to about $4 for game access and $0.06 cents per hour that's like the fuller quote that i found from that article mm-hmm. i don't think that the subscription for the game was time-based but i think it was they worked out a system again it was probably in the article which was very detailed where people would just play at internet game cafes and obviously it doesn't make sense to charge like a monthly subscription for a game that you only have access to yeah. in a place that you're already time gated on <laughs> yeah some of my research for this week was from the documentary looking for group on world of warcraft's official youtube page about an hour and it was done at the 10th anniversary of warcraft in 2014 and when the movie had just come out uh, so it's kind of like a retrospective on how wow started and what how it got to where it did is china is pretty much a nation of only children Ooh. what the one child policy yeah oh <laughs> sorry i got confused yeah you said a country of only children <laughs> But I parse that differently. <laughs> They're only children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, a country of no... exclusively children. <laughs> Guys, the... They're not moving on North Korea. We need to go to China and start some Pokemon gyms. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I definitely thought you had said. No, a nation of only children. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or if you like, lonely children. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> hence, wow, an internet game cafes. Yeah. You don't have any siblings to bother you can go bother someone in some other part of the world <laughs> yeah for six cents an hour potentially other chinese people or maybe people from north america mm-hmm. there was actually a really good graphic novel called in real life that is not explicitly about wow but it's about this little girl who's in a guild and meets like a gold farmer from uh, i think it was supposed to be china but it could have yeah. been somewhere else in in far east asia and it was talking about how this this child was like playing the game as a gold farmer to get paid but like how they were working to learn english and i don't know it's a very interesting short little it's not a long-running story it's just like a one-shot graphic novel mm-hmm. i can't remember if it's written by cory doctorow or if he reviewed it i think he wrote it good read kind of related slightly off topic <laughs> <laughs> yeah looking back on my research that was done so long ago it's one thing that i uh, wish that i'd looked more into the whole gold farmer phenomenon yeah recently uh, 10 people have been jailed for it oh wow in china oh Hmm. i mean i didn't want to dig too much into gold farming just because i think that crosses the line between like fandom and work right like there are people who it's not really fandom no it's not so much like our our leafs ticket scalpers fans Mm -hmm. of the leafs i mean possibly but that's not why they scalp tickets no all right. Well, if it's if it's not playing the game that makes somebody a fan, what is it that makes somebody a fan? Why are people fans of World of Warcraft? Mm-hmm. 
Sounds like it's time for the why. Why? Initially, it hit right at the fantasy apex in pop culture. Like, we, we hit right at the end of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, Harry Potter was happening as well. Yeah. Peak fantasy. So, like, there's a lot of fantasy about. It was never cooler. Is it cool now? How much fantasy is Game of Thrones? <laughs> Maybe a topic for a different episode. <laughs> Maybe a topic for a Game of Thrones episode. <laughs> Who knows? Who's Who knows? to say? Stay tuned. Twitch.tv slash the next cast. Panthropological.com. <laughs> there was an appetite for fantasy, and D&D wasn't as cool as it is now because Stranger Things hadn't happened yet. Oh. <laughs> right. Apex of fantasy. I think that's a yeah. factor. I don't know when the previous Warcraft game, like Warcraft 3, had come out. To give a little bit of context, though, Warcraft 3, I think, was the beginning of the multiple online battle arena craze. MOBAs. Because I think it was the first game where you had, like, the mod Defender of the Ancients, which later became Dota, its own game, Defender of the Ancients. Oh, yeah. Where you would have people in World of Warcraft defending, like, little bases in the game, which I wouldn't necessarily say is the precursor to, like, an MMORPG. And honestly, my video game history is pretty bad, so I don't know which came first. But assuming it came first, you also had this nice synthesis of those things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Warcraft... One and two, I believe, were like two-dimensional sprite-based games. And three was like a 3D game. Yeah. And so you have this apex of fantasy. You have like Warcraft, a, a franchise that people are already familiar with and really enjoy and in love with. And the lore of that. And now seeing a beautiful 3D world. Mm-hmm. Then you have this battle arena. So you're seeing how uh, it can expand beyond just individual play. Like, I can see how that might make some of the elements necessary to kind of give you the massive, sprawling world of World of Warcraft. The other thing, too, that I picked up from that documentary is a lot of the developers who were around at the time working on World of Warcraft said that they were playing lots of Ultima, lots of EverQuest. Mm. Right, which at the time were... Like, similar. Yeah. yeah. But, like, it sounds like WoW, much like another game that we occasionally mention around here, Chrono Trigger, was able to... Uh, take those elements and execute them so well across the board that it was just like a very impressive package of a game yeah their team doubled like several times in the making of it oh wow oh also for some historical context Mm -hmm. warcraft 2 came out in 96 warcraft 3 came out in 2002 yeah and mobas actually started in starcraft Mm. with aeon of strife and then later defense of the ancients Uh, which was a map based on Aeon of Strife in Warcraft 3. So there's some little video game (laughs) history for you. It was this weird thing where I never seemed to be aware of people playing the first iteration of a game. I heard lots about Dota 2 and Diablo (laughs) 2. Maybe some about Warcraft 3 and then a lot about World of Warcraft. And what about Warcraft 2? I don't remember hearing much about Warcraft 2. You okay? I'll, I'll live. I'll be fine. (laughs) all right oh man i think another factor along with just the game hitting at the right time was that uh you know as i kind of mentioned in my famous last words little there's a little bit of a history of warcraft being a thing in china and then i guess more on the player base side of things on the marketing side of things to some extent things were going perfectly well for warcraft in china as well in 2005 a chinese gamer by the handle of sky won the World Cyber Games, raising China's profile in the international esports field. Just that, the fact that, you know, like you've got this national e-athlete up in the top of the world. It's kind of inspiring. If you are a, an only child hanging out at the Internet Cafe, you might want to try some new game, some World of Warcraft once it comes out. So you can be best. Yeah, exactly. There aren't any adults around. You know, you got to do something. perfect that was just (laughs) but then you've also got the the localization team the nine putting together all the you know all the advertisements and whatnot and the nine partnered up with coke to promote world of warcraft when it was coming out coke brought in the taiwanese girl band s-h-e pop stars uh i'm terribly sorry to all of our listeners with any sort of 
Chinese background or love of the Chinese language, <laughs> I am about to do terrible things to it. Uh, pop star Li Yichun and uh, Olympic gold medalist Li Xiang also were brought in by Coke to help promote the game and you know get the word out. And all that seemed to have worked very well. And then within the first month of its release, possibly because of, you know, the time being right, possibly because of all this advertising push, The Nine reported to Blizzard that there were 1.5 million active players just within the first month. That kind of puts that ION statistic into uh, context. One million players in four days versus uh, 1.5 in the first month. Now, different time periods where MMORPGs and technology were different, but still, wow. Mm-hmm. that's a big difference that kind of makes sense for for china that you have this huge promotion that world of warcrafts you know would help have a little bit of a boost i guess i'm partly wondering why was world of warcraft so popular in general in the in the first place we talked a little bit about it being mm-hmm. the apex but i don't know if that's everything well according to the documentary at the game launch i think it was in new york wherever they're headquartered a bunch of the developers went to one of the game launches to like do a q a and do autographs and stuff and they were expecting like a hundred people and six thousand showed up wow do you guys remember the star wars numbers offhand <laughs> <laughs> right they're like a couple hundred people show up and that was like more than that <laughs> so there was something about this before people played it that they wanted to be a part of yeah interesting i mean those could have just been all people who enjoyed the previous Warcraft games. That's possible. Right. Now as we're talking about it, I get this this feeling that there's like multiple like groupings, multiple cohorts of fandoms within World of Warcraft fandom. There's like the people who joined initially and then there's people who joined afterwards. Because a lot of the research that I did yes. kind of focused on, you know, these elements that kind of brought people into the fold later. Like it's not useful to talk about things like guilds and friendships through guilds if people haven't played world of warcraft yet if world of warcraft isn't a thing yet then those also aren't a thing yet yeah Mm. just like the promise of this game (laughs) yeah i kind of think that was a big part of it though i mean like with uh i never played warcraft one but one of the things being a an elementary school kid at the time whenever i i'd hear my friends talk about it they'd always talk about how like Oh man, it's so cool when you when they're in the cutscenes for the story. You can type whatever you want in, on the bottom, and they'll react to it. I was like, "Oh man, that's so awesome!" Wait, really? Well, like there'd be a cutscene, I guess, between two people during the story, and this is like early '90s PC gaming, so no pre-rendered CG or anything. Just like two sprites, maybe even just two face sprites talking. Mm. But you could like type stuff in, and they they would say like "what" or hmm. Or whatever, you know, they'd react to it. It was like this fun, goofy element to it. I played Warcraft 2 and really enjoyed it, even though it was not very good. And then by the time Warcraft 3 came out, I was well into console gaming and no longer a part of the PC scene. But nonetheless, nonetheless, I think, like, it was one of Blizzard's earlier games, but I think what they managed to do, even in the earliest Warcraft, is build up this world that people were really interested in. And then with, you know, each successive Warcraft game, they revealed more of that world until finally, with World of Warcraft, you're not just, like, looking down on everybody from up above telling them what to do. You are a person in that world. You're literally exploring. Yeah. Maybe they did too good of a job. No. Well, I was a little bit stuck for my research because I ended up finding a lot of uh, information about, you know, playing the game. And obviously, being a fan of World of Warcraft... It's kind of hard to do that without playing the game. You can be a fan of Warcraft and love the lore and whatnot, and you can still do that as a fan of World of Warcraft, Mm -hmm. but it's a fandom that's exercised mostly through activity in the game. And one of the things that I found as a result of this that wasn't about just playing the game was that because the world was so immersive, because there were so many different options, and because it was a fantasy world one of the reasons that people got really interested in the game were because of this element of escapism. Yeah, it's not dissimilar to like Second Life. Yeah. It is a Second Life. (laughs) Well, I mean, you've got lots of places to be entertained. Mm -hmm. There's like entertainment within the game. You can do different emotes. Um, There are places to explore. There are areas that that you can try to break into. I don't mean like Mm -hmm. a heist. I mean like you want to, like, glitch through the world and find parts <laughs> of the world that are unfinished. Yeah. 
it's a, it's just like a giant world you can experience things as different races and try out different quests and and whatnot and there's so much lore to pour over mm-hmm. and the story and and everything else and obviously since it's a, a video game you're intended to play forever since it's an mmorpg that is intended to never end mm-hmm. game developers also designed in techniques to not force people to play but to make it easier for them to keep playing yeah this doesn't necessarily play into the escapism but it's hard to talk about a game like world of warcraft without talking about skinner box techniques skinner box techniques are named after like an experiment where you know there were these rats and if they pressed a button they'd be rewarded and eventually they'd start disconnecting the reward from the action but they would still do the action because you know if i hit a button and it only gives me a a food pellet like some of the time I'm still going to press it because some of the time I'm going to get food. Mm-hmm. That's right. And eventually you disconnect it entirely. Well, I'm still going to press the button because maybe food will come out. Mm-hmm. And in World of Warcraft, you know, you have that on a grander scale where it's like you dole out rewards in such a way that right when you're about to leave, you're about to log off, you suddenly get like a huge haul or something like that. You get some really epic loot. Or you know that if you keep playing, keep grinding, even if you grind against the same boss, you'll get better loot. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit distinct from the escapism, but like that also comes into play. Yeah. Those incentives are <laughs> super important. Well, to bring it to escapism, you know, in my real life, I can work and work and work and work mm-hmm. at something and never necessarily be rewarded. Yeah. In fact, that's almost guaranteed in some cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in World of Warcraft, if I keep at it, you will be rewarded. Yep. Yeah. Because otherwise I'd stop playing. <laughs> the American dream in a video game. <laughs> quick tangent did you know that somebody created rules called american dream rules for monopoly no if you have not checked those out you should because (laughs) they look ridiculous it doesn't make monopoly any better but it gives it quite a story oh interesting (laughs) yep i'm already on board with this (laughs) but uh, i think that because of the immersion in the world because of the like the graphical capabilities because of Mm. all of the lore that world of warcraft offers fans an opportunity at like probably one of the purest kinds of escapism at the time i didn't even mention guilds and other people like there's real people in the game that you're interacting with yeah like you're you're creating friendships online yeah oh yeah and that doesn't even get into raids another kind of perhaps skinner box-esque thing where you uh for those not familiar you basically gather up a bunch of people up to 30 and then you go into like this super dungeon where the monsters are harder than normal and ultimately fight a big boss monster that's also harder than normal. But the whole time you're getting the sweetest loot. That's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. I actually found an article on the BBC about uh, somebody making the case that World of Warcraft raids should be considered an extreme sport. What? <laughs> because... It's not just one person sitting alone playing a video game. It's one person coordinating a whole bunch of other people. Like, to be really good at raiding, you need to know what everybody's strengths are, what the best arrangement for people to be in is, and all this sort of organizational leadership type stuff. And even for the people who aren't necessarily leading, they need to be able to, you know, act on the fly, (laughs) come up with things like as the situation demands them. And anybody going on a raid apparently needs a whole lot of patience because the person that uh, was interviewed for this article said a raid could take anywhere from uh, 100 to 300 attempts mm. and could represent up to somewhere between 40 and 50 hours of gameplay. Holy crow, man. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> so it seems like a lot. Don't remember if the numbers came from the paper that a PhD studying uh, World of Warcraft raiders was writing, or if they came from Pekka L. Tonin. The, the representative from the Paragon Guild who uh, was interviewed for the, the article. Hmm. Yeah. Now, on the subject of uh, escapism and immersion, mm-hmm. and Z, you mentioned that indeed there's nothing better in game than getting that sweet, sweet loot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except, of course, for love. Mm-hmm. And without further ado, I'll present Wow Wiki's Guide to Role-Playing a Wedding. Oh, oh what? <laughs> <laughs> the Location. Of course, it's purely a matter of taste where to hold your wedding, but there are a few things to take into account. You can choose a classic location like the Cathedral of Light or the Temple of the Moon. These places are quite frequented by other players, of which some might disturb your wedding, deliberately or not. On the other hand, there will be many players joining your celebrations just by coincidence. 
Uther's tomb looks nice, although the implications of a wedding in a tomb may be distasteful to some. Also, some mob clearing may be needed. The small ruined church in the Tranquil Garden Cemetery of Duskwood is a nice setting, but has similar issues to Uther's tomb and may be crashed by an insane ghoul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good idea to choose a location where players can buy something to drink, otherwise you should remind them that it is BYOB. <laughs> Man, second life. Whew. Wedding dress. Most will choose the white wedding dress. There are other pretty alternatives, such as lovely black dress. The bridegroom can wear a tuxedo. <laughs> and then and then what follows is a list of some of the suitable rings the level that it requires and skill and jewel crafting needed to make it amazing <laughs> and it's it's kind of funny how much detail there is there but i'm not too surprised that uh that there have been some wow weddings since i remember reading about uh similar things happening in stuff like everquest yeah, I'm a little disappointed that we don't have the time to like do that, to like research the entire history of MMORPGs, or even just to look at EverQuest, because I feel like in as much as World of Warcraft fandom has a lot of its own idiosyncrasies, I think mm-hmm. we could have learned a lot if we had time to look into EverQuest too. Yeah. You were talking about the, the raids a little bit earlier, Z. Yep. Uh, I don't know if that's indicative of general gameplay or if raids are something that you do occasionally, but... Talking about China again specifically, uh, I have a quote here from that same article from the WoW archivist. In the first few years, WoW proved just as popular overseas as it had been in the U.S. with fears of WoW addiction on the rise. The Chinese government announced a gaming timer mechanism. The mechanism reduced your character's capabilities in half after playing an online game for more than three hours in a single session and to the lowest possible level after five hours. The timer reset after logging off for five hours. The government claimed it would prevent addiction. They made it mandatory to install in every online game. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the timer did nothing to slow the growth of the game. WoW reached 4 million active accounts in China by 2009. <laughs> My favorite part of that is it doesn't just shut the game off. It just reduces your character's power. Yeah. Yeah, you can still roleplay and stuff. Oh, yeah. If you want. Apparently, though, the, the workaround that people used was just making other accounts. Oh, alts, yeah. 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 Yeah, the timers were not uh, foolproof. Yeah, I mean, people were dying from not doing things that are not wow. I remember there being a couple stories like that, and it's peak. So I understand why, but... uh, It's kind of of odd, though. I mean, like, there are those stories of people, unfortunately, just becoming that dissociated. But, like, I was surfing around on the Reddit, as you do. And on uh, one of the threads there, I think it might have been, what does World of Warcraft mean to you? There were a few people who, you know, shared their stories without going too much in depth here. I mean, if you want to read up, just check out that thread. Uh, The link will be in the show notes. But like a lot of them boiled down to the idea that World of Warcraft, even though it alienated them from friends or loved ones or their job or other responsibilities, those people felt that those things that they lost in the long term, like in the big picture, were more toxic to their lives than beneficial. So World of Warcraft kind of takes on this meaning of like, I guess, a secret passage to a better life. I mean, that's also escapism, isn't it? It is. Yeah. 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 Well, but like they made the most of it. Cause, I mean, a lot of a lot of the stories were like I gave my uh, SO an ultimatum, me or the game. They kept on playing the game or whatever. Or I kept on playing the game or whatever. And now I'm with this other person. And, like, we're super happy and mm. have kids and so on and so forth. That is not an ultimatum you want to make. No. I mean, don't make any no. ultimatums. <laughs> but, like, it seems a In general, not a good idea. No. No. There was this uh, article I was reading, and I unfortunately lost the link. But it was talking about people who were playing the vanilla WoW servers. Did you hear about this? Excuse me. <laughs> Nope. Refresh my memory. Okay, so you want to play WoW. You play WoW usually on Blizzard's official servers. Mm -hmm. So it gets all the updates, all the patches, all the stuff. So if you want to play a game after the expansion, I don't know that you can because the world has changed. Yes. Yes. Right? You're playing an MMORPG. How can you live in the same world if you're experiencing two different events? Like, that's a weird paradoxical thing, right? Mm -hmm. But people can host private servers. 
They can take all the running services, they can take all the assets and run them on their own, but it violates the terms of service. Mm -hmm. So, there are some people that took the original World of Warcraft pre all of the expansions. I don't know if it's pre any of the patches, but it's definitely before any of the expansions. And they are running some private servers. Again, Blizzard turning a blind eye to their ignorance of the terms of service. (laughs) And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, so I'm reading this article about people playing vanilla WoW. And it's like, so why are people doing this and you know there's a lot of complaints that i would say are kind of more curative they're like well these mechanics worked better or they didn't load in all this fluffy lore i don't mean um any lore necessarily i mean like lore that just doesn't make sense you know it's a big expanding world so sometimes Mm -hmm. as it grows you add things that don't make sense to appeal certain players in fact some of the changes to the game may have been made to appeal to certain kinds of players and these people don't like that But one of the points that the article has made was that there was this huge element of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Not so much for the game, as it turns out, but nostalgia for the way things used to be in their lives. Hmm. Ah. Much in the same way that I might play like Chrono Trigger to re-experience something that I I experienced as a child. Note, I don't have any particular memories of playing Chrono Trigger (laughs) other than it's a cool game. But people went back to like when they're playing Vanilla WoW, It's like, oh, this was when I didn't have a partner or children or a soul-crushing job. But that article also talked about the challenge of that being your reason for playing and that you can't go back to that time. You can't play a game again for the first time. No. You can't watch a movie for the first time. It's different. Not step into the same river twice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was talking about this element of nostalgia and that's one of the reasons people play wow in fact because it has such name brand appeal like everybody knows what wow is it's been parodied well not to death but it's been parodied a lot at this point (laughs) and so like when a new expansion comes out for wow blizzard can just be like hey it's wow you know what wow's like it's just more of the good stuff that good wow yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and it's like it doesn't have to try as hard it's not convincing you to to do a new thing you're already a fan just come Mm -hmm. back just for a little bit just for a little bit Just a little bit. Yeah. In one of the expansions... Cataclysm? Burning Crusade? Cataclysm. A good portion of the map is raised. Not heightened, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Burned to the ground. And you see a bunch of people's clips talking to their, like, webcam or whatever, like, doing little interviews. Yeah. With their tone is what I would describe as wistful. Hmm. For the way those parts of the world looked before... They were destroyed or burnt to the ground. It's crazy. Yeah, people seem to connect well with certain areas of the map. Mm -hmm. I still don't have a really good idea of how big the world is inside the game. It's got to be pretty big if you've got to like fly from one part to another kind of thing, which is my understanding. That had come up in some of the research too. Like in the game, previously people would have to walk around the map and then later, you know, you could just fly places. Mm Mm-hmm. There is definitely a map comparing the sizes of different video game maps. And uh, World of Warcraft, I don't think, is very big at all compared Mm. to many other video game worlds. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, Breath of the Wild. World of of Warcraft is 80 square miles. Okay. Burnout Paradise is 2,008 square miles. Just Cause 2 is 400 square miles. Oh. But yeah, people were like, oh man, like the color of the leaves around this time and like getting very like, oh, it's such a cool place to like spend. Again, enforcing the second life idea mm-hmm. to spend time there. And another thing, Warcraft is real time. So the only way to see the sunrise Ooh. is to stay up for the sunrise. Wow. That's actually pretty interesting. That extra little layer. Yeah. In addition to all that you're talking about, T, where it's like, I remember what it was like when I was that age or at that time when I first started to play WoW. Tied in with that is I remember how amazed I was when I stumbled upon this area of WoW or like what it meant to me then. So there's like a lot going on. So Blizzard just has to push the WoW button. People are like, yeah, (laughs) give me some of that. (laughs) I came across one story that uh, speaks to this whole idea of wistfulness and like nostalgia and all that in a really interesting way on the reddits and it was this one poster talking about how they were kind of late to the game you know they'd heard their friends talk about world of warcraft and all this stuff but they never really played it until uh relatively recently like the last few years 
And one of the things that they really loved about it was how they would like meet up with older players in the game. People who had been there maybe from the beginning or from at least near the beginning. And one of the things that like really brought them into the world was these other player characters telling them about how things used to be. So it's like the old hand in a fantasy story telling the new trainee, you know, what the world used to be like. And it just sounded like it was incredibly immersive for this person. Maybe not very easy to recreate, but it sounds like any game that can offer that kind of experience definitely has something amazing going on. You know what I want to say, don't you? No. Make Azeroth great again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's the same no. acronym. Has somebody done That's that? That's true. Probably. Almost certainly, I'm sure. Man, oh, man. Somebody made a post about it on... Yeah, okay, there's a few things. But is there a t-shirt? <laughs> Probably an in-game. Probably. Oh, gross. No, <laughs> gross. I'm hoping it's just an avatar and not like an in-game item. It says make Lord Lordrun. Oh, Lordrun's from a different game. Hmm. Oh, gross. Why am I <laughs> looking at this? Uh, 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 yeah, somebody already did it. Okay, cool. It's fine. It's I'm fine. glad someone else did it. Right. Yes. So people are people are wistful about the game. Yeah. And nostalgic for it. I and I think something that we hadn't touched on yet is because of that community and that guild like thing. I was really torn during research about the World of Warcraft community because I couldn't get a, a cohesive answer on like what the community in World of Warcraft is like. I suppose there are lots of different ones. Yeah. It seemed kind of like it was all over the place. Like there were stories like that one guy talking about how he, you know, was immersed in the game thanks to all these stories told by the older players. So there's obviously some cooperation going on there. Raids are a thing. So obviously, at least within guilds, which are basically structured communities, there's some cooperation going on there. But then I'd run into stories like about people wanting to go to a specific location to farm a specific item to, you know, turn around and uh, sell that item or make something out of it or whatever. And they would go to where this monster spawned. Somebody else would be there already hunting. And the person who was already there would be like, hey, what are you doing? You're messing up my style. and Get the H out of here. It would usually get to the point where it would break down and the person sort of, I guess, quote, defending their turf would uh, wish that the person, quote, invading them would die. So, like, it seems kind of like it's real, like, very true to life. There are some good people and some people just having a bad day are just terrible people. Yeah, I mean, people are people. Yeah. <laughs> That's, even if they're... Can't get away from that. Yeah, yeah, even when they're elves or orcs. Maybe they have the ability to murder you. Or, <laughs> or maybe they can just comment on your video. Yeah. Speaking of people being people, kind of... I definitely saw that there were two kinds of people. Mm. Well, okay. So, like, we've talked about curative and transformative fandoms, right? And I was like, how the heck does this fit into World of Warcraft? Because mm -hmm. it's, you're like, you're playing a game, and it's like, how does that work? There's definitely a lot more people playing the game than making, like, fan works. And I, I think I figured it out when I got into the community, which is, like, in your guild, you don't necessarily have the transformative element, but you have, like, people that you care about and like want to work with and maybe you have a little bit of the transformative element if you're like in a larping guild or something i don't know mm -hmm. but the curative element is everybody else <laughs> like gotta focus on my dps gotta get the best gear like i'm sure that that's part of the game a necessity of the game but at the same time like the people who are into the curative aspect are like that entire thing or mm -hmm. like the lore of the game like there's almost like two separate curative communities yeah there's the gotta get good and then there's uh, <laughs> exploring the lore have expansions like added literal places in the world since we only had a week i didn't really have enough time to <laughs> look into it but i got the impression that the world has gotten smaller so oh, interesting. i assume that locations have been added and removed also worth noting because it's a video game like there are instances so there are points on the map can just serve as like effectively teleports to other locations. Not actually, but like geographically, they don't have to fit into the world. Right. Because hmm. they're not physically in a mountain. It's a bunch of code. They're a bunch of polygons. <laughs> so if you need 
your thing to make sense, you can like teleport the player somewhere else that looks like it's in the same location but is different. Yeah. You can adjust the scale and things mm-hmm. like that. I don't know offhand. I know that they've added classes, they've added skills, they've added quests and things like that. They've changed mechanics. I don't know if they've added locations to the world. I think they added a continent at some point. Hmm. Wow. Oh, I got a fun fact for you. Mm. Okay. Miss of Pandaria was originally an April Fool's joke. <laughs> but pandas. Ah. They're like, oh yeah, this is going to be the new, just for fun, this is going to be the new race in uh, World of Warcraft. And then so many people were like, man, this looks amazing. Ah. Like, well, I guess we'll put it in the game. So as it turns out, they did add new zones to the map. Okay. It's curious. Well, they also talked about how Mists of Pandaria had a lot of, like, a lot of the ideas were more philosophical than in previous expansions, and they and they chalked that down to, like, a maturation of the people playing the game, and also mm. people making the game. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact off of your fun facts. Oh, yeah. Mists of Pandaria, I think, is the only World of Warcraft expansion that was approved, but did not delay the release of the expansion uh, by China's uh, censorship board. They were like, oh, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, which was unusual because pandas are very important in China. Mm. And you've now got, like, races of panda people fighting and getting killed. Mm -hmm. The whole expansion is based on China. Yeah. Yeah, and they were like, no, this is good. It's fine. Must have crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. Yeah. Made sure that all the pandas turn into uh, tombstones, not skeletons. That's right. Did they actually do that? That's one of the censorship things that they just did in general. Oh, I see. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, it is an idealized version of yourself that you get to run around and limited by your imagination or possibly server. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if we'll come to the same conclusion when we inevitably end up talking about other MMORPGs or other games where you play as multiple classes, like... like, uh, pathfinder or dungeons and dragons or whatever yeah um it's all little like little quick interviews in that documentary people really connecting to like the characters they created the races and the classes and stuff like that mm-hmm. the customization is such that you're able to express part of your personality via just like what your character is yeah like what makes up your character so people feel very strongly about it yeah i don't know what else there is to to the why <laughs> The answer is there's always more to explore, uh, or Ontario, yours to explore. (laughs) But um, was there anything that either of you felt that we'd missed? I don't know. Without us actually being players of the game, I don't think there's too much we can get into. I had a lot of people like, man, defeating the Lich King with my group was like one of the greatest moments in my entire life. Without getting those specific in-game moments, I don't think, like, it's all all in the game. Yeah. You're participating in the fandom for that thing at the same time you're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the, the best way to celebrate it is to keep doing the thing. Probably why there are not a lot of fanfics. Mm-hmm. You're doing it. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have your in-game wedding. Don't, like, write a fanfic about it. <laughs> just do it. Mm-hmm. Got a player you trust to be the priest. <laughs> I see. They're talking about that in the article, too. <laughs> Your mind does not necessarily need to be a priest. You can choose any other class as well. Of much more importance is that you trust this person to hold a decent ceremony. <laughs> you can also pick a photographer to take screenshots. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, should we trot out the gavel and get to the verdict then? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to start with you, Z. What is your oh, verdict on World of Warcraft uh, fandom? Man, I got to say, it sounds very interesting, but even with the stories of, you know, like, I got to come back to it again one more time. The story of that player who started playing it later on, you know, in recent years, and they sort of learned all about the world from characters in the world who had been in the world since the beginning. Like, that sounds awesome. Despite that, though, and other stories that make it sound like it's a really amazing experience to play World of Warcraft, especially for things like raids. I know that it is one of those things that's just like, you might get a lot out of it, but you got to put a lot of time into it. And my camera doesn't capture it, but like the bookcase full of books and in front of me, although it's facing away from me, there's a bookcase full full of other games. So like, I have no shortage of, uh, of fun entertainment-y things 
not to mention like all the series that people are always recommending this that and the other so like in terms of something to fill up my free time i got that covered i know that that's just how it starts with world of warcraft and then it becomes so much more but uh gotta say that sounds like it's a lot of fun if you're already in it or if you're young and in high school or or elementary school and just have that kind of time and that inclination but uh i'm coming out of this pretty curious as to whether or not there are any world of warcraft novels there are quite sure probably along the same lines as the uh, forgotten realms kind of thing probably i mean i'd probably want to see the movie first just to see how it presents itself like fantasy stories are always the same you know like magic sword this uh forbidden forest that but presentation alters a lot ultimately i gotta say sounds like a blast but i'm gonna have to pass on this azeroth map all right, all right. so z took my answer basically i would love to do this <laughs> i would become obsessed with this this sounds great uh, I'm not that as just like loot and stuff and grinding is not appealing, but like the roleplay aspect mm. is very, yeah. very appealing. The immersion, the escapism. Mm-hmm. However, I don't have time to do that. <laughs> Maybe when I retire. <laughs> Maybe then it'll time to bust out WoW. It'll still be going strong. I assume that it will. This sounds great. I love that. There's not as much talking about the fandom because the fandom is the thing. Yeah. Is that's happening at the same time? You can be in the game twenty four seven and not know stuff that other people are doing in the game. <laughs> like it's like it's infinite, basically. Mm-hmm. It sounds are really cool. Yeah, might also probably get mad at my internet. I can envision that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, in terms of the fandom, everyone looks like they're having a nice time, except when they're not. I guess Leroy Jenkins not end up having the best time. Yeah. But uh, it's just another place for people to hang out, basically. With a lot of frills, you know, a lot of other ways to talk about common interests other than, like, the weather or a band or something. It's a fun way for people to hang out and also maybe get some aggression out if they have to destroy some orcs or destroy some humans, whichever (laughs) side you happen to be on. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, like, the curative part, exploring the mythology, I'd be all over that. Maybe you're right, see, like, investigating the novels or something like that is way to go, or seeing the movie. Because, mm-hmm. like, the mythology is certainly accessible without having to play the game. Yeah. But, you know, it would be of more immediate importance to you if you were in the game. Mm. So, uh, I am out, but uh, I would I would love to have the time to be in. <laughs> uh, I, I am out. Uh, I have zero interest in being sucked into a game that's <laughs> designed to be monotonous and take a long time. Yeah. The lore is kind of interesting but out of all the lore out of all the worlds out of all the works that exist in the world i don't really care to learn more about the world of warcraft i would much rather learn about the world of boku no hero academia my hero academia um any of the manga that i read there's like so many other worlds that i'd be way more interested learning more about i don't i don't care about this thing has an extensive lore lots of things have extensive lore that doesn't mean i care about it or that it's good or that it's interesting i'm sure that atlas shrugged has like a rich lore (laughs) and that doesn't mean i want to know what it is i don't care and i see world of warcraft as something that's really helpful to some people and really harmful to others and i just don't care about it i don't care (laughs) i don't care the fandom is so many people, it's hard to say that this fandom is bad or this fandom is great. It's just people. It's just people in another setting. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Such is the verdict. Uh, we're not going to be raiding anytime soon, unfortunately. No. No. But while Warcraft may just be people, we can still shine the light on some good people mm-hmm. and talk about the spotlight. Spotlight. This week's spotlight, I unfortunately could not find a good source for this i assume it is still running i assume it exists and i assume there's more information about it in another place than the place that i linked to but i will nonetheless explain it all the best i can so the spotlight is where we usually talk about a fan related charity or a good cause or something to that effect this week i'm highlighting i'm shining the spotlight on the running of the gnomes 
So, I was reading this article on Kotaku. Uh, I'm not going to spell it out, but if you search for World of Warcraft's Running of the Gnomes fan event, you will probably find it. And I will read a little bit of quote from it, because that is easier than trying to explain it. Since 2010, World of Warcraft players have been creating hordes of pink-haired level 1 gnomes and running them across Azeroth to support the fight against breast cancer. This year, Blizzard is giving the event a boost with special decorations, a cheering crowd, and its own special quest. The tradition of running low-level gnomes across a danger-filled continent dates back to EverQuest in the early 2000s, back before World of Warcraft came along and took over the MMO space. It is a high-danger, low-stakes sort of thrill that helps pass the time between camping for things or waiting for raid timers to reset. Using the running of the gnomes as a means to raise money for and awareness of breast cancer in World of Warcraft started back in 2009 when members of the Starlet Crusade Server Alliance Guild, Seed, decided to change their tabards to pink during October, also known as Breast Cancer Aware this month. In 2010, they started the first official Running of the Gnomes charity event, choosing WoW's diminutive race, mainly because one of the starting hair color options is a lovely shade of pink. Nearly 150 players showed up for the run and after party. In 2013, they had about 1,000, raising, well, just over $1,300 for the Cleveland Clinic's Tuohi Breast Cancer Vaccine Research and Testing. T-U-O-H-Y. If that's a typo or if that's just something I don't understand. Anyway, really cool little thing that they hold. Unfortunately, it doesn't tell me when it normally happens. I'm assuming it's during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, October, but that also doesn't tell me a date. I'm sure if it's in the game, there's a quest associated with it, so you'll have the information there. There was one other little thing that I wanted to mention, which is um, that Blizzard partners with uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hmm. And so um, what they do is, I guess, every year they pick a, a pet in the game. And when you buy the pet, because you can't earn it normally, I think they do some sort of matching. So for every so many dollars that people buy for the pets, they match it and help the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hmm. Oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. That's what I found for this week's Spotlight. Cool. If you are listening to this podcast on iTunes, we encourage you to head over to uh, the Fanthropological page and submit a rating or review. Each one helps us uh, get out to a few more people. And if you're not already, please hit that subscribe button so we get this, this sweet, sweet cast in your feed every Friday. You can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The NixCast. And you can also find us at patreon.com slash The NixCast. Right. And why would you mention that, you might ask? Well, because that's what we do literally every week. But... More importantly than any of that, Patreon is a site where you can become a patron of the people that you like. So if you really like the content that we make, whether it be this uh, Twitch stream that you're hopefully watching right now, if it happens to be our YouTube channel, the Let's Plays that are going on there, the convention coverage, the weekly podcast, anything that comes up after this episode has aired that I have no idea what it could be, maybe we'll do a crazy quiz show. Who the heck knows? If you become a patron of the next cast, you will know because we like to keep you in the loop. Even as little as a dollar a month is hugely helpful in uh, helping us to keep the lights on and helping us produce more content, helping us to make more of the stuff you like, and also gives you a huge opportunity to tell us the things you like in a much more personal way than just tweeting at us or messaging us on Facebook or any of that stuff, which is, of course, something you still have the option to do regardless. Anyway, check that out, patreon.com slash the next cast. Yep. And... If you're listening to this through your earbuds, headphones, speakers, car stereo, whatever, you might be surprised to know. I think it might have been mentioned a little bit earlier. You can also watch this being recorded live on Twitch every Monday night at 8 p.m. Please do join us on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash thenixcast, all one word, for that live stream every Monday at 8 p.m. It's time for the final segment of the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Someone's favorite. We're going to jail. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no. Arr, arr. Uh, this week we visited China to try to get a fan's eye view of World of Warcraft fandom in China. Next week we will be traveling to, uh, I believe it is India. Although, to be quite honest, we could probably visit many parts of the world to talk about next week's fandom, which is going to be fans of cricket. Yeah, mm-hmm. that area of the world. 
India, Australia, Indonesia, West Indies, all those guys. They love it. Also England, I guess. Yeah. So, Famous Last Words is our chance to make a statement or ask a question for next week's fandom that we will hopefully address in the next episode. And, uh, I don't know, maybe eat crow? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe say something stupid? Probably not as stupid as this week. I have a question this time, not a statement. Oh, cool. Curb the opportunity for me to look like a total idiot. What is the connection between the game cricket and the insect cricket? That's it. (laughs) There's no cricket-like motion in the game as far as I know. What about the wickets? Maybe it's like the legs of a cricket or something? Rub your bat along the wicket to make a sound like a cricket. A cricket wicket? Cricket wicket. Let the noisy cricket get wicked on you. Walk in shadow, move in silence, guard against <laughs> extraterrestrial violence. Because we be places that you need not be, but we see faces that you need not see. Uh, Did you write all that down? <laughs> that's my question. That's your question? <laughs> Whatever that thing you just said. This is the Men in Black. Oh, yeah, the noisy cricket. Mm-hmm. Get it. That was definitely not me improvising a new rap song <laughs> that I'm dropping on my next album. What? What? No, definitely not. Next. It does give me an idea for a question, so I'm going to swoop in and grab it. Is there a rap song or or whole concept album about the sport of cricket? Does such a thing exist? Are people so passionate about it that they would sing about it for as long as it takes to play one game of it, which is a few days? Wow. (laughs) I'd suggest you begin your search with the artist, The Streets. Ooh. (laughs) That's all. All right. Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't have any any famous last words, so I'm going to have to say something boring. Or stupid. Say something stupid instead. Okay. Cricket is a dumb sport and I hate it. No, that's that's not even helpful. Uh, Or true. I think I've only seen somebody play like a video game of cricket. All I can think of are questions about the sport of cricket. I don't really want to ask that. I want to ask about the fandom. It takes like three days to play a game. So, I mean, there's got to be something going on there. Why are people fans of such a slow game? There we go. That's the right line between... Okay, yeah, yeah. That's the right line. Yeah. This is where I learned that it's not a slow game, where it's dangerous, where it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's a long game, but it's because it's so intense. I don't know. I'm going to find out. Teams go through like four or five different players from all the broken legs. Yeah. I don't know. This is what research is for. That's true. That's what I'm going to find out. I feel like in terms of pop culture, the cricket bat has loomed larger than the sport of cricket. Mm, Probably. Both in Spinal Tap and in Shaun of the Dead, the cricket bat. Oh, and <laughs> the Fifth Doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, has anyone become a fan of cricket because of Doctor Who? There we go. Erase my last one. Yeah. That's that's it now. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on record, but okay. Man, oh man. Has anyone become a fan of cricket via the Fifth Doctor? I mean, the answer is yes, but like, ah. that's not super helpful. I'd like to find some sort of corroborating evidence. Right. Mm. That's fair. All right. Well, that's it. I guess next week we got to get on a train and work our way from China to India. I'm not very good at geography, so I don't know if there are countries in between there. Uh, Let's see. There might be a country. I also don't know if there are countries in between. What does the map of the world say? Like, China's big, which is the problem. <laughs> India, also big. Russia touches a bunch of... Yes. China and India, oh, they kind of touch. What I was, okay. Is Tibet around there by any chance? Uh, somewhere. So, northern India touches uh, China via Tibet. Nepal is in between India and China, as are some other countries. Bangladesh, mm. Bhutan, mm. and the map's not, I'm not very good at reading a map beyond that, so... Yeah, but yes, China and India directly touch. But we would probably would not be coming in that way. We'd probably just take a plane. Because what, are we crazy? We'll just take a yeah. plane. Planes are faster. Taking a plane <laughs> to India to learn about cricket. Taking a plane. Zoom. Zoom, zoom. We'll meet you there. Yep. Yes. You've got a weak head start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.
Should we trot out the gavel and get to the verdict then? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I want like an actual gavel so I can pound on my desk and make Z's editing life miserable. <laughs> I'll just back mask it or front mask it or whatever. Whichever one of those is the good one. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> if you have any editing questions uh, for the next cast, you can send those to don't Z ask. at the nextcast.com. <laughs> yep. Yep. He will look them up as fast as he can. Yes. Oh my goodness. All right, I'm going to start with you, Z. What is your verdict on World of Warcraft fandom? Wow. Today we're talking about the world of Magic Beasts, or that is to say, fans of World of Warcraft. (laughs) Oh, sorry, I forgot to mute the... (laughs) I heard it twice, it went, wow, and then it went, wow, again. Glad to know that we've got Owen Wilson on our podcast. (laughs) Oh my god. So nice that he wowed it twice. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast that brings the